0: This is Metal Mike and in this episode I'm joined by my special guest Rob Wilde from Midnight City. He gets us up to speed on the new Midnight City album that's coming out later this year. And then together we talk through some of the best overlooked tunes man, our favorite 10 hair metal deep tracks. You gotta check this out. Well Rob, welcome back to the 80's Glam cast, man, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, Mike. How are
0: you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's good to talk again. Yeah, it's been
1: a while, but it's, uh, it's great to be back on your show, mate. Thanks for having
0: me back. You got it, man. Well, we know there's been some things cooking up with Midnight City. I heard you guys are working on a new album. Tell everybody what you got going on.
1: Yeah, we're we're currently working on our, our fourth album. Um, and we're actually we're quite a long way through it. We, I'd say we're about 80% done. Um, which is great, I mean, we've been working on it since about uh, like sort of op- October, November last year, and I'd say we're probably about 80% musically done. Um, I started tracking vocals last week, so I'm cracking through with them at the minute. Um, and the plan is to actually um, have the album, fingers crossed the album finished um, musically and vocally um, by the end of this month, and then we mix in February. Uh hand it into the label in March and the album's gonna be coming out in June. So uh we're really looking forward to that. Um we got a UK tour books uh over here in June, uh to coincide with the release and we got some festivals out in Europe and uh we're working on some stuff uh, elsewhere In different countries as well um, So it, it's Yeah it's great mate we're, we're just really busy You know Cracking on getting this Because we have to Have a kind of A deadline to meet So we can get the album Out in June So uh, so yeah It's 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 Obviously I'm a little bit biased But it's it's sounding I mean, damn good That's all I to
0: <laughs> <laughs> Awesome man I know you guys have put out A lot of great music Since you started what, Would this d- Any different direction or Are you guys kind of Just sticking to the same Uh music that you're known for? I think, you know what? I think it's kind of gone back a little bit closer to
1: what we were doing on the first two albums. Uh, Because the last album we did was uh, kind of a a little bit heavier, a little bit darker in places, maybe. And I think this one's going back to kind of like that, just like good, fun, you know, great, you know, catchy, melodic pop metal stuff, you know, which is kind of what we're known for. So... uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely kind of uh, suddenly kind of on the lines of our second album. I think of mm-hmm. the Neighborhood." There's some a uh, couple of really big ballads on there, and uh, some uh, some some great just great tunes, you know. And obviously, like I say, I, I am a little bit biased, but um,
0: you know, hey, you're gonna dig it, Mike. That's all good. It sounded good, man. You got an album title you can reveal or not? Yeah, you got to keep that quiet. Uh, you know. what? I'm,
1: we're, working on that. I, I've got a couple of ideas in the works, uh, but nothing definite yet, but we're, we're going to have to come up with something pretty quick because like <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> we're getting on with, uh, we got a fo- photo shoot for the album coming up um, in a few weeks' time, so we're, we're going to have to come up with a, a title pretty quick, really. <laughs> <too, so>, uh, <laughs> I've got some ideas, and I'm sure the rest of the guys have some ideas as well, so uh, we'll be uh, announcing all that you know, on, on our social media and all that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, just cracking on with all that, and, and like I said, just, just having loads of stuff kind of in the works for um, the rest of this year and uh, into next year, so uh, yeah, always busy, always busy. Uh,
0: another thing we could talk about briefly is the is Tiger Tales. Uh, they, they came out with a, a new track, uh, they redid uh, Six Sex, and, and you're not on it, man. You're not in the band anymore. Anything you want to say? Anything you want to say about uh, Tiger Tales? Uh, right, yeah, that, that was an interesting one. Um, yeah, I actually I left the band
1: in uh, May of, um, of of last year. It was a strange one because um, uh, you know I, I said at the time, you know, I, I'm I don't, I'm not a believer in kind of airing your dirty laundry in public. goes on behind the scenes is, I guess, um, you know, what goes on behind closed doors stays behind closed doors and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The the one thing I will say though is that I I left the band, I was fired, Uh, they're kind of making out that I was fired and I I, I wasn't. Um, To be honest with you, it's something that I've been thinking about doing for quite a while before, um, so it wasn't just kind of like a quick decision. I've been thinking about it for about a year um, prior to leaving the band and uh it was a strange one because, you know, I mean I enjoy I love playing the band, I love singing the songs, I loved doing the shows, but all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes, which I won't go into, but it was all that kind of stuff that I just couldn't I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't deal with anymore, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, so I, I was kinda of like happy to just kind of get out of it. I was in the band for ten years. I wow. was in the band a, a long time, put a lot of effort and a lot of work into that band and um, I mean if you're Wikipedia, my uh, you'd go on Wikipedia and, and uh, look for Tiger Tales. I mean obviously they've gone through a hell of a lot of band members, but I'm I was actually one of like the longest running band members. Wow. <laughs> I was longest running <laughs> band members for like ten years, so uh, yeah, but, um, it was time for me to go. It was just as simple as that. And, uh, no regrets there. Um, it was good while it
0: lasted. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I'm moving on. Yeah sounds good uh have you heard from stevie james at all it was out in the press that he had a stroke i i messaged him and I, I said you know i'm praying for you i hope you're doing okay he sent me back a thumbs up but i'm I, I i encourage everybody you know send up some prayers some positive thoughts for him because uh and i'm sure he's gonna be fine man he's a he's a fighter yes yeah,
1: he's gonna be great yeah um i actually i was lucky enough to go down to his show in uh london uh a uh, a few weeks ago he did the uh the Young and Crazy Show. I'm um, sure he you heard all about yep. that. And uh, so I went down to see him, and I hadn't actually seen him. And uh, we got talking um, before the show, and uh, I hadn't actually seen him in, in about 13 years. I think it was 2009 the last time we saw each other, uh, which was when I was playing in his band. I was playing guitar for him at the time, and we kind of over the years, we kind of when I joined Tiger Tales, we kind of like lost. With each other, but yep. uh, um, we recently got back in touch and we've been talking a lot, you know, and um, and we've been getting on great. And uh, we ha- had a great time in London. He he was great. He was awesome. He, he played the Younger Crazy album from start to finish. And we I uh, spent a lot of time with him that that night, you know, catching up on uh, what we've both been up to for the past thirteen years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, we've even talked about, you know, uh, possibly doing something together, you know, me and him writing some stuff together and uh, maybe doing something at some point. um was like a little side project thing. And then, yeah, I heard the news. It was just before Christmas. He had the stroke. Um, so I spoke to him and, uh, you know, he's recuperating. You know, he's taking it easy. He's taking it slow. Um, but I'm sure, you know, Steve is. The one thing Stevie is, is he's definitely a fighter, you know yes. what I mean? So he, he's, he won't let this beat him. So, uh, I said, look, you know, once you're back on your feet and you're feeling better, then we'll, uh, you know, let's get together and, and see what happens. So, uh, so that'll be great. Uh, you know, that, that'll be cool if that comes off, which, uh, I'm sure it will because Stevie's well up for writing some stuff and, um, and we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's battling through and, uh, he's going to be, really, He's going
0: to be just fine. Awesome. All right, man. Well, tonight, last time you came on, we did, I think we did 80s Kiss album ranking, right? Non-makeup Kiss album ranking. That's what it was. And uh, I went back and I listened to that one. I think when the new year hit, I kind of got nostalgic, man. I went back and I started to listen to some of the old episodes. And that was a great episode. And I think it's time for us to do another great list. And we're going to talk about Deep Tracks. So we're going to talk about our our top 10 favorite hair metal deep tracks. And uh, deep tracks is a a term that gets thrown around a lot. You know, and basically it's associated with a band's, uh, you know, songs that are kind of rare and maybe not played as much, forgotten. Uh, And I think the whole concept is that they don't have to be, but they tend to kind of appear late in the album. That's where they get the name deep tracks. So uh, I think for a lot of us, these are the tracks we all like the most anyways. You know, how do you feel about the deep tracks?
2: yeah i'm I'm
1: with you on that yeah they're they're always the best strikes on the uh, because i guess as well like a lot of when bands when you uh, yeah i I think after after time you get sick of hearing the big singles the really obvious songs which get played especially if it's a big band they get played everywhere so it's it's always like you say the deep the deep tracks are the ones that um i mean they're certainly always my favorite songs on on all of my favorite albums Mm -hmm. so uh
0: it sounds like we both got the same opinion on that, Mike. Definitely. Well, we made up a couple of rules. We had, I, we said no repeat bands because, because honestly, <laughs> with some of them, you could probably do a whole deep track list of one band and you'd you'd be done, you know. So, <laughs> so we'll try to break it up. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, why don't you kick us off? Let's hear what your number ten favorite deep track is.
1: Right. Well, I've, I've got my. But I would say um, in terms of the top ten, these are just, they're not particularly in any order, I just love all these songs, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a, they're not necessarily in, you know, favourite order, but um, coming into number ten... with uh one of the bigger bands and i'm gonna go with without love by bon jovi Ooh. from the Slippery when Wet album which is uh, uh, a huge album for me back in the day when i was a little kid uh, alongside europe i think we discussed this before when i was on the show last time um, uh you know alongside europe it was the band that kind of really got me into rock music when i was a nine-year-old kid you know from prior to that i was a big Joanne joran fan and then Kind of discovered Europe, and literally around the same time, within a month of hearing the final countdown and buying that album, I heard Bon Jovi for the first time and and fell in love with that album. Uh, but this song is is my favourite song off that off, uh Slippery. I think again, like we said about the, the the tracks that are overplayed, and uh, you know, as good as Living on a Prayer and You Give Love a Bad Name are. And I never hear those songs again because <laughs> yeah, yep. you, you just hear them too much. You know what I mean? So uh, this track, I, I just think it's great. I mean, obviously it's a Desmond Child co-write, like all the best songs are, um, and it's. I just think it's a really, really great, great pop rock song. Um, and to me, it was always a standout track on, the, on on this album, I absolutely love it. I think it's. I think it's great. So that's uh, that's my number ten
0: without look. Excellent pick, man. I, I like that song too, and I kind of kind of forgot about that one. And there's definitely, I think there are some songs that get overlooked on this because the songs that are big, they're just so big and, and so in your face. But uh, yeah, man, that's a great pick. Without love, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, what well, well, you got at ten? Well, man, <laughs> I think I told you, I messaged you during the or last week. I was like, this is tough i kept kicking songs off i thought i had my 10 and then then something would come to me and and songs were getting kicked off but for my number 10 okay this is a band that's not really known for playing hair metal but for this album they went complete Mm -hmm. hair metal This was kind of the year when hair metal just started to peak, right? And uh, it's Judas Ooh. Priest, man, with Reckless off of Turbo. You know that song?
1: I do, yeah. 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 That is a kind of like a, a deep cut for sure. Yeah.
0: I think it's the last track that's on Turbo. I, I just love this song. You know, it. I think with that album, there's a few songs on there that are just not really, you know, what Priest fans are used to, and just Reckless is just is total hair model man. It's it's catchy, it's fun, it, and it, it reminds me of something that could be like in an '80s movie or something, you know what I mean? Or maybe it would, it would play as a as an '80s movie uh, trailed off, but it just got great melodies and and uh, it's just a fun track. So I got I got Priest Reckless man as my ten. Oh, that's good. Yeah,
1: that's that's the only album I'm, I'm you know, really a fan of, to be honest with <laughs> you. Because, <laughs> like you said, you know, it, it is
2: quite hair metal, isn't it, throughout. Yep. So, um, so that, that's a good one, mate. Yeah, very cool.
0: Number nine.
1: Right, number nine. Okay, so I'm going Ready? oh yeah um, so yeah so that's obviously uh the opening track of hollywood vampires and uh uh i i was always a big la guns fan i thought they were great um my my um my actual favorite la guns album is the first the first album mm-hmm. which is total sleaze you know like the sleaziest album that they did and then cocked and loaded was a little bit more uh, a little bit more hair metal, I think. I loved the Tuck as well. And, um, I remember at the time, um, not liking Hollywood Vampires as much because it was kind of like a little bit but a, they kind of toned down the, the kind of the hair metal stuff on that album. But as the years have gone by, that album's grown on me a oh, lot. Yeah. But, um, but regardless of that, even when I, I first bought Hollywood Vampires, you know, I loved the, Over the Edge, the opening track on the album. I just thought it was amazing. And, um, Obviously, it brings back memories of watching uh, Point Blank, <laughs> <a> <laughs> classic film from uh, from ninety ninety one,
2: and uh, I just think it's just such a great song. Um, I, I love the whole the kind of the the, the the lyrical
1: kind of concept of it as well, and you know, kind of that you know, a lot of it's written about you know them being in Japan and and obviously being. To Japan myself, I like a lot of the stuff that's kind of translated in the lyrics is really cool. I think it's quite cleverly uh, written lyrically, um, recorded great. And, uh, and Phil Lewis just sounds, uh, he's just great. Yes.
2: Yeah, he, he's
1: still great. He's one of those guys that's still just as good now as he was back then, which is kind of like a rare thing, but yes. I just think he sounds great on this track. And, uh, yeah, I, I love this song. I think it's, it's, uh, it's one of the best. So, uh, yeah. I've got to over the
0: edge at number nine. That's a great one, and uh, you know, this is a, this is an album that actually we did a podcast where where this album came up as, as somebody's uh, letdown. You know, because because uh, Cocked and Loaded was so good that uh, you know the, my my co-host on there, A Fish, he he thought this was a letdown, and. I kind of felt that way a little bit when it first came out, but I'm like you, this album grew on me over the years. This song, of course, I think everybody really appreciates this song, even though it wasn't a single, it wasn't a big hit or anything. People really dig this track. It's just so like, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of epic sounding. You know what I mean? It's a little bit slower where L.A. Guns yeah. usually kind of kick you in the face with something like, you know, Show show No Mercy or something. But this this is uh, coming in a little bit more uh, classier and a little bit more epic. And, uh, yeah, that's a great yeah. track. Great track. Great album, too. I go back and listen to that album all the time, and uh, I, I really dig the scaled down, you know, thing they were going for. But it was still catchy, still memorable songs.
2: yeah
1: yeah i'm just saying i didn't i didn't appreciate it at the time but now i, I really do because there was a lot more definitely a lot more sort of and that's the thing with hair metal is, as we both know you know it's we both love it and look what it stands for but um you know it, some of it some of it's a little bit a little bit shallow in yeah. places. and i think this this track and this album like i said there's a lot more depth to it i yes. think it really um it, it, it kind of showed a different side to, to LA guns and like you said, I think class is like a really good a really good word of describing this song. So uh, cool. so yeah if anybody's not checked it out they're gonna go and uh, they gonna go and check this track out. <laughs> <laughs> so why you got number
0: nine. Okay, so number nine, um let me tell you just a quick story. Uh, I went into like a there's like a small music shop. You don't find many music shops anymore, but I went into the small music shop and I was just kind of looking around at their their UCDs and I found this band's debut. See you know I can't and it's Winger, their Winger debut. Okay. And I, I popped this yeah. into I still I still have a car that has a CD player and I was jamming on this for you know a couple of weeks and so many songs were kind of coming back to me like wow I mean not that I hadn't heard them in a while but it was just to listen to the album as a whole uh, for a couple of weeks I'm like man this is a great album and a lot of good deep tracks once again Winger you could say this kind of not as big as Bon Jovi, but this album had some real big singles. Had it for a heartbreak, seventeen, Madeline, Hungry. There was there was four big singles off this album, but the one of the songs that really stood out to me, um, kind of listening to it with older ears. Is a uh, state of emergency. There's just something about this song. It's just got you know great melodies. Also, once again, kind of like you know classy pop metal. You know what I mean? Like it's you know I, where sometimes yeah. like you talked about like L.A. Guns did the sleazy stuff. Like Winger is not sleazy, but it's kind of like more classier. You know what I mean? It's it's more uh thought out. It's calculated almost. And one thing that kind of came to mind to me, Rob. I interviewed Bo Hill a few years back, and I asked him. I go. If you had to create a super group with all the guys that you produce... Now, come on. He's produced some guys, right? <laughs> more Rat, you know, all of them. And he's like, oh, you want me to create a super group um, out of all the people I've worked with? He goes, just give me all the guys in Winger. And um, he, thought, he thought those were the most solid people he'd ever played with. And when you really sit back now is with older ears, you listen to that debut album... He's right, man. Like 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 these guys are really solid in every position. So great musicianship, great song. I went with state of emergency. Oh
1: man, I, I that's the best song on the album. That yeah. is the best song on the album <laughs> by a long way. Yeah. I, I was I loved I, I I loved the first two uh, winger albums and then the third one um, I did, I, that was kind of when they were getting a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they, they are, again, they are, uh, as well as the kind of the fun side of, uh, Winger and the, the 17s and all that kind yep. of stuff, they had st- some hidden depth in what they were doing, even yep. on those first two albums. And then, then Paul came along and then it kind of got a little bit too, a little bit too serious for me. Mm-hmm. But it, those first two albums are great. And uh, I definitely agree with you. I, that's my, my my favorite song of the first album, is
0: "State of Emergency." Yeah, so <laughs> that's a really good, really good choice, Mike. All great. right, good, good, man. I'm glad you like it. Number eight. All right, so number eight, I'm
1: going with uh, a little bit of curveball. I'm going to do something a little bit more. <laughs> True Believer, uh, which came off their '92 uh, album. Uh, yeah, it was '92, the third album, Poetic Justice." And uh, yeah, this this song I first heard on a on a, a radio station. I was still living at home with my parents, and it used to be this kind of little rock show that used to be on uh, every Saturday night. And uh, I I heard this song, and, and the first thing that I I'd never heard of the band before. Um, but it reminded me of Danger, Danger for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went out and bought the cassette and, uh, and love the album. I mean, they're, they're one of those bands, Living Acts, that, um, they're probably the most original sounding hair metal band, um, if you can call them that. But, I mean, they, they, you couldn't really call them a hair metal band anymore, but, I mean, that's certainly how, those first couple of albums, that's how they were marketed, you know, as a yep. hair band. Yep. And, um, but they 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 were so different, you know. There's just the way they wrote songs and, and the chord the chord progressions that uh, Steve Blaze came up with. He, he used a lot of really weird kind of uh, a lot of weird chord changes and very clever and very um, untypical, really, yep. of, uh, of like the hair metal sound. Really, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the songs kind of sounded hair metalish, but then they have their other side which was completely different and kind of a lot darker and uh yep. almost a little bit creepy in places some of the songs yep. um but um so I, I loved this album Then i kind of backtracked and, and bought the first two and and my favorite of, of the first three was uh, love and war
2: which
1: mm. was to me still their standout album um but it kind of started with this track i, I really love poetic justice as well there's a, a great um uh, ballad on there called um see you someday mm-hmm. Um, but this one is such a such a great feel-good um, feel song. It, 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 I absolutely love this track. So uh, so yeah, number eight is Lillian X for me. So what have you got from number eight?
0: Well, let me talk about Lillian X for a minute because everybody knows who listens to my podcast knows that I'm one of my favorite bands. Um, I didn't put them on my any of my list just because I feel like almost all their songs are deep tracks, right? You know what I mean? Nobody, you know, the, the average person doesn't know Lillian Axe, but man, you know you're right on. You you were spot on with everything you said. True believer, great song, and um, they are just very unique band. You know, like it, some people just don't get it, right? Like you could play Lillian Axe for them, they just don't get it. But for those of us that get it, the voice of Ron Taylor, such a unique, interesting, awesome voice. The the guitar playing and the chord changes and the harmonies and everything that that him and Steve Blaze do is is just magic. So I'm with you. But I like I said, I won't, I won't get into it much more because everybody knows I love Lillian X, so all right, so my number eight, I want, like I said, I tried to go with a lot of my big bands, uh, maybe songs that people forgot about a little bit deeper into the albums, and this one is a uh, not very much not really a glammy song, but it's off a glammy album. <laughs> going with lightning strikes again by docking off of under lock and key this is a monster of a song man it's got a super heavy ass riff i don't know if this was like a leftover from tooth and nail but this is really really heavy and this vocally is don Dokken in his prime i mean his voice is just on fire here and uh i love that song man it's it's catchy it's fast it's fun so, Lightning Strikes Again
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one yeah, I, I was never, I, I've got to admit I was never a massive Dockham fan But that, that's a, that is a great song I had a friend when I lived in the States Who so was a massive Dockham fan So, uh, <laughs> we listened to that album quite a lot When it came out So, uh, yeah, that's a good one Good choice, man Nice,
0: nice How about number seven?
1: So, okay, so number it's, seven. The
2: day, it's the way and sign of the times Great. Uh, of Out of This World, Great. which is uh to me will always be the um the, the best Europe
1: album. Um I I you know, it was the first band I, I first rock band I got into when I was a kid uh, with uh, the final Countdown album before that. But this one to me just still stands out as the the kind of defining moment. Um and it's kind of a weird thing, I was listening actually, to one of your shows recently, um, and you, you were kind of going through, uh, I think it was um, maybe last week or the week before you were going through your, your, your kind of requests and things that you would like to happen this yes. year, and I remember one of you mentioned about the, <laughs> the Europe thing, and, <laughs> and I totally agree, you know, um, I was a massive Europe fan, and I loved all the 80s stuff, even the early stuff, you know, Wings of Tomorrow, yep. I thought it was cool. Yep even though I was kind of a little bit more European sounding and then The Final Countdown, The Next World, and then Prisoners in Paradise is a good album. And then when they reformed and came back out, you know, I was really excited when I heard that Jup's you know, reforming and then they came out and it was just like a completely different, I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, right. It's like a completely different
2: band. Yeah, yep. You
1: know, it was all kind of deep purple crap and, you know, the ham, the synths are all gone, it's all Hammond organ and it's all bluesy and, and I just, I have no interest in it whatsoever and, uh, I actually went to see them a few years ago over here, actually, they built playing here in Nottingham and, um, I think, you know, headlining show, and I think they, they, out of 15 songs, I think they played maybe three songs in the 80s. Oh. You know, so I was sorely disappointed. Oh. <laughs> so, but, um, but this one was a big, like, I think a lot of it is to do with, I mean, apart from the fact that it's just a great freaking album, um, it was also, you know, my first concert, you know, my first ever show was going to see Europe on this tour and uh and obviously this song was played live and and it's just i i just love this song i i mean i it's just an amazing song (laughs) it's a story so uh, so yeah that's that's my uh that's my number seven if only they would like you were saying on your 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 last Oh, if only they would come out and you know do
0: something like this again. I, I you know, I'd be a lot happier. You know, get Ball Hill back. Yeah. You know, <laughs> again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? That, it's so funny that you. I'm so glad you picked this song because there was two songs. I, I end up Europe. Europe got booted off. I don't know what happened, but the two songs that I was wrestling with was this and just the beginning. Though I was, I was, I was torn. I wanted to put one of those on there, but I didn't. But I'm glad oh. that you did. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That, that's a that's a good that's a good track
0: yeah and I'm with you my favorite I don't know I get torn between out of this world and prisoners in paradise but I think pound for pound track for track out of this world is a better album yeah I'm with you on that one
1: yeah I, I think so you know i I uh I you know prisons was good as well I mean I like that album I thought there's some some great songs on that um but uh yeah so to me it's it's out uh, of this world all the way for me <laughs>
0: I'm so, with you. What have, you got, um, what have you got for number seven, then? Okay, so um, this is an album comes up a lot on my show, comes a, up a lot on any hair model list. Uh, I got Back Home Again, man, by Cinderella off of Night Songs. I mean, Night Songs is like uh, grade A hair model, right? And uh, I just oh, di- yeah. I dig this track. It's the last song on the album. It's heavy. It's really cool though. That I think. I think like the verses are just have a, like a really catchy uh, melody. And then there's a cool pre-chorus. And then I'm back, back home again. You know, it's just all all around good. It's just his voice is so cool. And like I said, they were a little heavier than what they look like. But I still think you know that look the purple logo the the sound everything was working man so yeah number seven back home again oh yeah
1: that's a good one that's a good one those first two albums were, were great uh again they're one of those bands that, they kind of got the album three hard station and i was kind of yeah yeah i kind of checked out a little bit at that point but yeah. those first two albums are uh they they were, they were great they were they were, they were really cool it was yep. such a, such a good band so that's a good choice so um uh for number no- nobody's a hero nobody's a be this land we're i'm um i'm going with trickster and nobody's a hero oh, of uh, okay. the uh the hero right? nice nice which is um I, I loved Trickster. I thought they were I thought they were great. Um, You know they got a lot of you know crap ripped out of them back in the day. Um, but I mean they they were I I thought they were great. You know I mean that that first album is is, is just such a fun album. Um, just great fun. You know almost kind of like um they were almost kind of like a, a young a, a young Bon Jovi like mm-hmm. at You know they had that they had the kind of like, that. kind of, obviously they were from New Jersey, but they had that kind of, almost like a baby Bon Jovi, that, and I think that's kind of how they were sort of marketed as well. Along, alongside the kind of, almost like the new kids, but you know, like the rock version. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, but I thought like that first album was great, and then, but then the week the between the first album and the second album was just insane. You know, it was two years between the two, but, you know, it was almost like, you know, you can kind of hear the, the kind of the youthfulness in the first album. You can kind of like pick up on the fact that they were kind of teenagers, you know, and it, and it had that kind of vibe about it. But you know, you, you go from that album to two years later, it's just a completely different band. I mean, the player on the albums great, the production's great. Pete Lauren's voice on on the hit album is just insane. I mean, he's he, I mean, if you listen to like songs like "Rocking Horse and Damn Good. I mean, his voice is right up there with the, you know, Sebastian back of the day. Yeah, I mean, seriously, there's some insane notes on that album and he's such a good singer throughout, throughout that, that whole album. And uh, again, he's just one of those bands that, uh, you know, as uh, with a lot of these bands, you know, they, they were just a little bit too late. I mean, he still had the, the, kind of the gold album from, you know, the first album, but, you know, I think if they kind of come out two or three years earlier, you know, with the first album in, say, like, even in 88, and then the follow up in 1990, they probably, I think they probably would have been, you know, as big as Warrant and bands like that, you know, but unfortunately, the timing, I mean, when the Here album came out, they, they were on Go With Kiss, and then they, on the Revenge tour, and then they just got, they just got dropped from MCA, and, Nobody was playing their video for "Road for, um, of a Thousand Dreams" and it was kind of game over for him. But um, but I love this album. Um, this is this is still this trickster would still be the, the here album would probably still be in my top ten albums. I don't know, like people make fun of me for that. But I but I think people that make fun. Yeah, people who haven't actually probably sat down and listened to it. Um, I think people just think, oh, Tricksters, those kids and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'd, be, I'd say it's surprising, actually, because uh, over the years, I kind of, you know, put maybe a track on, off this album, like Rocking Horse or something. And so many of my friends will be like, this is, who is this? This is amazing. And I'm like, oh, it's Trickster. And then, oh, uh, yeah,
2: I don't really like it. <laughs>
1: It's got kind of one of those things, you know. But um, I, I love this album, and um, and to me, this uh, "Nobody's a Hero,"
0: nobody's a hero, was the uh, was the uh, standout on on the album for me. Well, I, I, I don't think I've ever given this album a fair shake. I'm going to be honest, uh, but I, I like that you put it on. I know you love this album. I've seen some of your posts. I know you're a big fan of this album, so I'm glad you put this song on and. In defense of Trickster I did have a Trickster song That I was kicking around But didn't make my final list Was uh, Play Rough Off the debut Ah cool Yeah, yeah. Well
2: yeah
1: You've got to give this album you got to give the here album Another uh, spin and, and, and let me know what you think because, I will um, yeah, yeah, I think you're missing out on a, on a really, really good album. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's so funny that you say that. To
0: number six. Uh, one other thing, though, quick. Funny you say that because I just put out that episode uh, that focused on what was going on with some careers in 1991, and Steve Brown was one of the clips in there. And you'd mentioned that people wouldn't play that video, and that was kind of like the end for them because they they came up with their first video off of here. What was it called again? What's the song?
1: I uh, wrote with thousand dreams. Yeah. Okay. First single, yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. So they got the news that MTV wasn't going to play it, and they were like, "Wow, this is it!" Like we, they kind of knew they they had no shot at uh at success with this album. So it's sad, It's sad what happened to them. You know. You,
1: you, you imagine how how like frustrating that must have been, and how heartbreaking that must for them though because they got their first you know they're a bunch of like 19 20 year old kids they they put out their first album they've got a gold album they're on tour with the scorpions they're, they're doing you know the blood sweat and beers tour. Yep, you know yep. they they, re, they get a huge budget to do their second album they and i'm sure they came out thinking this is it we're going to sell two million albums and yep. blah 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 and then literally it was all over, you know. It's crazy. Must
2: have been to have the kind of the, the taste of that success and then just have it taken away from you so quickly it must have been yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty
0: uh, hard to take. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I would say so. All right, man. So number six. All right. So let me first start with the album that the song is off of, and and I've always been huge into this album, and I feel like I'm getting bigger into this album all the time. But it's it's a reach for the sky by rat okay i'm really into this album i feel like this is like a forgotten album in their catalog because all anyone ever talks about is out of the cellar or invasion of your privacy but i really love this album and for some reason the last couple songs have really caught my attention especially over the course of this year or well this year has been kind (laughs) of short let's say the course of last year and um the song that I, I want to talk about, or want to put on there, is what I'm after. I just think it's a great song, man. It's it's just fun. Once again, catchy. It's got all the elements that you're looking for. It's got a pretty uh, cool pre-chorus, and uh, Percy's voice is awesome. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of that album, and I think it ends really nice. You know, I felt like Rat sometimes. A lot of these bands, not just Rat, would kind of put throwaways at, at the end of their albums. You know what I mean? But I don't think that's the case with this yeah. one. You know, they've got like. Um, the, the bottom line and um, what's it gonna be and then what I'm after so any one of them could have been on my uh, my list but I I love that album and I think it ends real strong
1: yeah that, that's you know what's really funny is a uh, no word of a lie uh, this is kind of weird it's some weird synchronicity thing going on <laughs> I've actually been listening to that album a lot recently as well i swear to god <laughs> good uh, and it, it's one of those things sometimes you know when you go back and you and you just get you sort of in the mood for listening to a certain band and you listen to that band for quite a while and, and of, of all the rat stuff I, I was a huge rat fan but that was always if i'm honest that was always the album that i would skip more often than not um and and now I would say that's the album I I, I listen to the most. Mm-hmm. The most to be honest yep. with you, it. it's kind of weird because I was I always really liked Dancing Undercover, but then I i had been I listened to that quite a lot recently, and the first side is great, uh, side one, you know, and then side two is pretty weak. Yeah. Whereas um, yep. you know, Reach for the Sky, there's some good songs, you know, like what um what's it gonna be? I mean, that should have been. Yeah, I'm
2: trying out to be a single, right? Yep. Yeah. That was like a big hit. It should have been a big hit for him. Should have been it's a melodic, almost like you can hear, like it's almost like Desmond Child could
1: have written mm-hmm. that song, you know? Yep. So, um. Yeah, I, that's a good choice, mate. And, uh, and like I said, I've been listening to that album a lot as well. So I think it's a, a really underrated album. That mm-hmm. one.
0: Yep, I'm with you, man. Glad, glad to hear it. Uh, number five. Right, number five. <laughs>
1: Bridges are burning Ooh. off uh, Doggy Dog. Yeah. So um huge warrant fan, obviously that goes without saying. Um and that's the Doggy Dog's my uh, my favourite Warrant album. So um, you know, the the third album where they kind of got I, I wouldn't say they got too serious, yeah. you know, it's kind of classes at the album where they got you know, they they weren't as hair metal but I mean there's still tons of hair metal on the album, it's still Machine Gun and Bonfire and and uh there's some there's, it's just a couple of songs where you kinda of got a little bit, you know, more a little bit more serious, a little I bit think. more less hair metal y I guess you could say, but that album I mean it's just from start to finish it's such an incredible album. But that one that song um has always been the standout track for me. Um, it's so melodic. It was kind of like as melodic as as, as kind of what it got, and uh, and to to me, that's just like the ultimate kind of Janie Lane song
0: for me. So, uh, so yeah, uh, all my bridges are burning is uh, is my number five. That's great, man. I love Doggy Dog. Great pick. That's a, I always thought that was a standout track too. So great pick.
1: Yeah. So, so what you got?
0: All right. So number five. Got desperately by slaughter. You like that one? Ah! Yeah,
1: yeah. I was never, I was never a big slaughter fan, to be honest with you. But it was that off the first album. Yeah, it's not the
0: first album. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I was. was, They were kind of one of those bands that they were. um, For for me, it was. It was. I could just never get over his voice. Yeah. Voice used to drive me insane. Yep um so i, I was never it is one of the very few hair metal bands that I never really got into um so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, tell me, so tell me why so, obviously you, um, so this is from the first
0: album This from know? the first album So I know what you're saying A lot of people feel yeah. the same way I think for me I was really into the All Systems Go Vinnie Vincent album So when Slaughter came out I'm like yeah you know, More, more of this stuff And I think Slaughter took it To a next level obviously uh, Higher level than Vinnie Vincent Better songs Better production You know the whole thing Was working And, and they had a really big album The cool thing about about desperately though it's it's kind of um it's kind of become bigger over the years because it actually gets played on Hair nation which is kind of weird it wasn't a single and this album was was kind of plagued with a lot of the other ones that we talked about i mean i think there's four or five videos off of this album so it was a very big album so this track kind of got lost in the shuffle but Me personally, I think it's real catchy. It's got a cool vibe. It's probably the best song on the album for me. So, oh see, man, we lost our streak. We were right on sync with the Rat, and now here it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Yeah, I I remember. I remember the slot album was a big. I remember it being a big album, you know, when it when it came out in uh, for you guys in the states. yeah, it was just it was just a boys thing I couldn't get over and then uh you know my <laughs> this is any insane story but uh my ex-wife is um is actually now married to Mark Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. I I I am 100% honest truth you know I used to live in the States and uh, yeah it was kind of a dodgy thing because I mean it's just like a little funny side note but um, this is I mean we're going years I mean I moved out to the States in like 2007 I got married in 2008 and um, and I and it was by 2010 it was over and I was back here in the UK but um, whilst we were in the in the Process of um, separating uh, Mark. Mark Slot would uh, actually—I don't know how they'd, they. I think they would met years before or something. I don't know what was going on, but he would regularly call the house, and now it's on the phone, and it's kind of a little bit awkward. Um, so yeah, and, and she's actually she's married. She's been married to him for um, you know quite quite a, quite a long time. So. But I, and it, that, I hasten to add it, that's not why I don't like slaughter. <laughs> I really like
0: when I was a kid, so nothing to do. Oh <laughs> my god! There
1: at all. So uh, anyway, but there, yeah, there's a little
0: kind of funny little side note for you, man. Dude, that's that's great, man. That is totally cool. Did not know that. <laughs> so number four, we're getting down to the wire. What's your number four? So tell me why.
1: There had to be a poison track in here. I'm going yeah. for it, so tell me why. Oh, um, yeah. Off the uh, off, off Swallow is Live, um, one of the four um, studio t- tracks they recorded as the kind of the, the added songs on the end of the album. And to me, um, I mean, you know what a huge uh, poison fan I am. I, I just always loved them. Um, but I, I always loved them with CC, you know, yep. the native tongue thing. I could never really get on board with that. And. Um, to me this this was like the last really good poison song because you know um native tongue followed which i wasn't really into and then there was the uh, crack a smile album which was i was okay it was a little bit better i wasn't really into that and then they they you with know, cc and i was so happy about that and then they released holly Reard, which was just yeah. absolutely awful yeah. um but to me this was kind of again like one of the earliest songs i mentioned i think this is kind of a, as melodic rock as as uh Poison got. Um just such a big chorus, um, great melody, great hook. Uh I I think C had a lot to do with the writing this song and um yeah, it's 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 one of my one of my favourite Poison songs. So uh so yeah, I had to had to get a poison one in, so uh so that's my, uh, that's my
0: number four, Mike. Great pick. Um, we did a podcast uh, a few weeks back where we did big, happy, catchy commercial songs or something like that. And uh, I put So Tell Me Why on that list because I'm with you. I love that song. And it is one of those. It was a single, but nobody remembers it. It was put out during the grunge era. So it's really a forgotten track, but a great track. One One of their best.
1: Yeah, I remember the video of, of, uh, cause I think at that point CC had been fired, and the video is just like, uh, Brett kind of holding the guitar, kind of walking down the street, and they've yep. just kind of, uh, there's just shots of previous videos, um, streamed onto the walls. And yep. Actually, no actual band members in it apart from Brett. Yep. It's so you kind of like, even then, I, I remember seeing it as a kid thinking, hmm that looks kind of a little bit dodgy like why why is black the only guy in the actual video and, yep. and you then it wasn't long after that in early 92 when you kind of found out that you know cc had been fired and that was it so uh so yeah but uh, yeah that was a good one so what what have you got uh for your uh, number four Mike?
0: Four, man, I got to go with my favorite band, Kiss. I got to go trial by fire off the Asylum album. And uh, I love this song. This is such a missed opportunity as a single. Don't get me wrong, Asylum had you know, three great singles, I think, with Paul singing them. But man, one more single would have been perfect. This was a great Gene song. I think Gene redeemed himself on Asylum. Uh, we talked about this already We don't have to go too, right? We talked about this When we did the 80s Kiss thing But uh Animalize Was a weak offering for Gene Maybe kind of weak For Kiss in general And this was, a, I think A good comeback Just very rebellious Fun Catchy So, yeah Drive by fire Yeah, that was That,
1: that was a, I mean uh, I, I agree you know, Gene was kind of like Back on board uh, For Asylum I thought uh, I like all of Gene's songs On Asylum Yep but then I also like all of Gene's songs, apart from No 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 off Crazy Nights nice as well. I think he, he, he had some good songs. It's almost like he kind of came back on board with Kiss at that point, even though he, which is strange because he was definitely in, the, in 85 and 86 and 87, still doing his dodgy movies and stuff. Yep. But he, he, I don't know, maybe he, he seemed to be a little bit more focused on actually doing some work with Kiss at that point. Um, But yeah, that's a good song A great album as well I I loved loved Asylum But like I said We discussed discussed that
0: in depth Didn't we a while ago? We did Yeah But you know With the songs Maybe he just hired Better co-writers
2: Yeah That's
1: probably what he was He probably said You know what I need some freaking help You know Let me find out Who I can write Some better tunes with But uh, it definitely worked You know um, Because even Even you know the the, the other songs are on Asylum, I mean, Gene's songs are great. So um, yep. yeah, and like I said, a lot better than uh, Animalized because uh, every every Animalize Gene song was just absolutely awful. Yeah, I remember like Lonely as a Hunter, I think it was just like what a piece of piece.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Murder in high heels. That's that's what I hate the most because it's such a lazy chorus. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that was uh, Gene definitely phoning it in at that point. I think. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Number
1: three. All right, so I'm just having a look down my list, and I, I was thinking yesterday when I came up with this list, I, I've got to, you know, I've got to get a ballad in there somewhere. Oh yeah. Because uh, I'm a big ballad guy, and um, you know, write a lot of ballads in Midnight City, obviously as well. And uh, so I was, I was trying to rack my brains, and there's so many. I mean, the hair metal thing is just, you know, there's so many uh, ballads to pick from. You know. Um, but I went with uh, another big favorite man of mine, White Lion.
2: You're all I need beside me, girl. You're all I need to turn And
1: uh, it's a song called You're All I Need, mm. which came off uh, my favorite uh, White Lion album, Main Attraction. And uh, the reason I picked this one is um, I just think it's just like one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. It's just... Um, I mean and that's that's the whole thing with, with ballads is, you know, you have to mean it, you know, you have to be you have to mean what you're what you're saying and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of great ballads from that that whole hair metal scene but at the same time I think there was a lot of ballads where, you know, record labels were clearly telling bands, you know, okay, yep. you've got to write we need a ballad and they kind of like force write a ballad and you know uh, i not mentioning any names but there's certain ballads where you can kind of hear that it's not really sincere it's not really they're just trying to do it because they, they just put it on the album because the record label wanted a ballad um but this song was just kind of I don't know, I just, I just believe everything that Mike Trump is, is, is singing in this song. I mean, Mike Trump sounds incredible on this song. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the guitar work on this, the, the guitar solo is probably like, like one of the best. It's really simple, but it's just so melodic and so, it's just beautiful. It's, it's such a good song and, um, uh, such a, again, a, another really, really, really underrated album, uh, that kind of fell prey to, you know, when it was released in 91, because um, it pretty much did nothing after, you know, after having, you know, Pride and Big Game, two big albums, and uh, all the big tours that they got on, and then suddenly it was kind of, you know, a couple of club tours, and it was kind of over for them, but, um, but yeah, this song is, um, as far as ballads go, I think uh, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better hair metal ballad than uh Then you're
0: all I need. That's a great song. It's a great album. You know, this album was kind of plagued, like you said, being out in '91. They only did two videos: um, "Love Don't Come Easy" and then the remake of "Broken Heart." And there were so many other cool tracks that could have came out. You know, as videos. And I think if we were back in 1990 or 1989, you know, "You're All I Need" definitely would have been a single and would have been a big hit. But uh, it was just different times. But I I love Main Attraction. I love that album.
1: Yeah, I mean. Great band, and yeah, I mean, if you look at kind of the, the, what they, I mean, they 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 were one of those bands that they they got lucky with the the booking agent. You know, they got on some huge tours. You know, they got on the Kiss tour and then the AC/DC tour, and then the Aerosmith tour, yeah. then the Aussie tour, and then uh, I think they did a Cinderella tour. They, every big arena tour they got on, and they were kind of their momentum was picking up and picking up and picking up. A little bit like kind of trickster, you know that. I, you, you would you know, when they when they released Main Attraction I'm sure the guys in White Line were thinking this is gonna this is gonna be the one that's gonna yep. send us over the edge and, and then it just didn't, you know, and then they, they kinda like I said, just back to playing clubs and stuff, but um but uh yeah, great. And and, and Mike still sounds amazing. I, I did a tour uh up to Mike Trump, um uh, a couple of years ago an acoustic tour and he's he's just you know doing obviously a completely different thing but he still does a lot of the these songs, you know, he still plays a lot of stuff off even off main attraction and mm-hmm.
0: he's he still still sounds great. Still sounds great mate. Awesome, awesome. Well number three I got some warrant myself i think warrant has a lot of great deep tracks and uh, i went with mr rainmaker off of cherry pie and uh you know i was torn man i almost went with in the sticks off the debut but i've ended up with mr rainmaker how how was mr rainmaker not a single you know what i mean like it screams single to me you know what i mean i don't know but yes It's so good. And the weird thing is, Rob, I don't really care for the Cherry Pie album. I think that the debut and Doggy Dog are both way better than Cherry Pie. I think in a lot of ways... You know they took a lot of label encouragement. You know, like the, Cherry Pie was really orchestrated by the record label. They told them to write something like "Love in the Elevator," and it's it's pretty juvenile. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely a step backwards. It was it was probably fun. It, you know, it was okay for 1990, but when you go back and listen to it, it's kind of it it's kind of a step backwards for these guys. And then when you listen to stuff like Rainmaker and Uncle Tom's Cabin, this is the forward thinking stuff. Like you know, they're kind of evolving as a band they're getting a little bit more heavier but then still keeping the melody and everything so um i just think it shows great songwriting growth and great vocals by janie lane what a what an underrated performer you know oh awesome
2: yeah yeah
1: just just all around yeah i'm a songwriter and uh and as a singer as well i mean his voice is just um just phenomenal you know and around this time uh, especially especially only i think it was a blood sweat and beers tour which was uh 91 if i'm not mistaken um and he's just i mean he's just ripping it mm-hmm. he <laughs> sounds on, great on that tour he's just like i said i mean he's up there with you know with the Paul, Paul stanley's and, and sebastian backs of the world. i mean um just so much uh just an amazing range but so much power as well and he he was just uh yeah he he really was one of the best and yeah i guess he kind of yeah the whole cherry pie thing he kind of he kind of i don't know you know he he was asked to write that type of song like you said and he did it and i I guess he kind of it, you know onwards really because he he was he was such a great songwriter and he, he i guess he kind of got you know That song was a bit Of a joke song And it kind of Maybe hurt his Hurt his career yeah. A little bit But You know But they still sold I, I think Sherry Pye album Sold two or three million copies So yeah. uh, I, I think he had The, the last laugh so. <laughs> I think so you know, I'm sure he's <laughs> buying Balance wasn't complaining
0: Nope Exactly Alright man Number
1: two Right number two And um, I'm going for uh, Another uh, Big favorite band of mine Danger Danger <laughs> For a track of Screw It, and it's gonna be I Don't Blame It on Love, okay. which uh, again for me is the uh, the standout track on the album. Uh, Danger Danger, uh, huge, huge, huge influence for me, um, especially on my songwriting and stuff like that. So, if anybody's listening to this and haven't checked out uh, Midnight City, uh, it's quite funny because you know, we, we've um, we're, like I said earlier, we're working on our fourth album. And I don't think, and this is a God's only truth, I don't think there's been a single uh, either album review or live review that hasn't mentioned Danger Danger. <laughs> it's, like, it's funny, like every single review, we, Danger Danger gets mentioned because there's so much <laughs> kind of danger danger in what we do. And it's just because, you know, we're all big fans, but you know, me as a songwriter, you know, I, I'm so influenced by those first, Three albums. Uh, Screw it, being my uh, my favourite album. And uh, to me, you know, Deja Days are one of those bands that I think were the ultimate. Like, if if uh, I don't know, if uh, someone came down from Mars and, and, and said to me, "Okay, describe what hair metal is, and describe what it sounds like, and describe what it looks like," I would. <laughs> Metal, Metal Edge magazine with Danger Danger all smiling and grinning with the blonde hair and you know looking cool and I would probably cut on the, the Screw It album you know because to me it sums up that music in a nutshell I think they're one of the few bands that I mean there was a lot of bands that they just deserve to be bigger but i think in that genre of music you know they had everything you know they had great songs good fun catchy songs incredible guitar player an amazing singer they all look cool even a keyboard player looked cool.
2: You know, like, <laughs>
0: that's <and> rare
1: <laughs> you know um they just they they hit every single box you know in, in terms of like how a, a hair metal band should look i found you know the album, the type of albums they they wrote and, and put out, even down to, you know, the the, the posters in the Rage magazine, you know, it was, it was all just classic, you know, hair metal 101, and, uh, yeah, I, they're one of those bands that I think um, uh, certainly deserved to have, you know, uh, to, to have been as, as big as bands like, you know, Warren, you know, right. who were a much, much bigger band, you know, and, uh, yeah, they didn't really, I think the first album, I think... Actually, it, it, it depends if you kind of look at it on, on Wikipedia and stuff, it's the first album was stated that it went gold, but I remember talking to Bruno about um, a few years ago, and he said that it, it was it def- definitely didn't go
2: gold. So, huh. uh, and then, you know, S- Screw It came along 91,
1: and it kind of didn't really do anything, although they were quite successful over here for a while in the UK. They had um, a couple of, like, minor hits over here, but... Uh, but yeah, that, that's a, my number two is uh,
0: don't blame it on love. Nice, man. I, I know you're a big fan of Screw It. I Screw It was a hard one for me because I feel like I I definitely enjoyed and had the debut, but then by the time '91 rolled around, I didn't. I definitely didn't go grunge, but I, I might have went a little bit heavier with some of the stuff I was listening to, and I kind of missed Screw It. And then when when I go back, and sometimes if you didn't catch it the first time around, you know what I mean. Sometimes it's hard to to get into it the second time. But I, but but man, after this, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna give Screw It another chance, and I'm gonna give Here another chance. All right. I promise Yeah this, 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 this is your two Kind of homework That was my homework assignment. So It's okay back to me and Let me know, Let me know what you think I will I will Okay So number two I gotta go with some poison And I went with um, Life Loves a Tragedy This is a great song it's a bear, it's kind of buried, right? It's like right toward the end of, of Flesh and Blood. And, and once again, Flesh and Blood, as we talked about a lot of albums on this list, had some real big hits and a lot of singles and videos. You know what I mean? I think this was another one that was like four or five videos. So real big album, but and maybe a lot of fans didn't make it all the way through to the album to catch the end. But if they didn't, they really missed out on this song. It, it starts off kind of bluesy, right? With just the, you know, uh, kind of bluesy yeah. with riffing with, with, with Brett singing and... uh you're not really sure where it's going and then it picks up to pretty much you know typical poison fare but a little bit lyrically there's some more depth there and uh it's just so catchy and uh it really i think this and so tell me why really gave me hope for where like poison was going and then you know then the whole grunge thing happened and, and things didn't really go the way we thought they would but um that's a great one if, if people aren't familiar with it go go back and listen yeah, I agree. That's again it, it, we we agree
1: on a lot of stuff here. Um, that's that's my favorite song of uh, Flesh and Blood as well. Yeah. Um such a great song. And as you know, as um, a side thing over here in the UK, um, I have a, a Poison tribute and uh, called Poison, but um, with, a, with a Z instead of the S. Um, and we um, we go out all over the UK. We're actually doing. Um, last year we did a we kind of copied what was going on in the states so we went out we teamed up with a only crew tribute band and a Def Leppard tribute band so it was you know like the stadium tour which has yeah. been happening in the states um which of course will never come to the uk so we've been touring it all over the uk and selling out shows and stuff and and we do uh, you know for the most part we we, um, we do roughly about an hour long set and you know it's the classics you know we don't do anything beyond the flesh and blood but it's you know it's all all the hits you know nothing but the time talk dirty unskinny, skinny pop all that kind of stuff but every now and then we will throw in kind of like an obscure track and we have actually been playing Life Loves a Tragedy every now and then nice so uh, <laughs> so uh, it's great you know at that point most people go for a piss because they don't recognize the song <laughs> but, um, but we got a kick out of it anyway so there you go but uh, that's a great song mate yeah good, good choice
0: awesome alright man I gotta hear it what's your number one alright well there's one band that's been off the list
1: up to now which obviously has gotta he's gotta go in there uh, I've got this song, and I think I could kind of guess the album. As soon as you said "kiss," I think I I knew it was going to be a song off Asylum, and you know it's going to be a song. Crazy I'm nights.
2: Off
1: Crazy <laughs> nights. <so. laughs> I'm going to go with "I'll Fight Hell to Hold You," um, which was uh, track two off Crazy Nights, and. Uh, to me, what a song! Um, I, I I can't say enough good things about this song. I mean, um, a lot of people, especially die-hard Kiss fans, uh, you know, I know they don't like this album very much. But I'm a die-hard Kiss fan, and it happened since I was 10 years old. Um, but I love this album, as you know. Um, uh, obviously, as a kid, backtracked and got into all the '70s stuff as well. But Crazy Nights is still my number two favorite Kiss album. Um, and, uh, and, one thing with this album, I, you know, I think that a lot of people miss out on is I think, uh, yeah, it is very poppy and there's a lot of really poppy songs on, on the album, like Turn On the Night mm. and My Way and Reason to Live, which are all songs that I loved, by the way. But, but there are some tougher songs on the album as well, you know, and this is one of them. And this is, uh, Paul Stanley is absolute peak vocally. I mean, his voice is insane on this, but, there's so much kind of a, a, almost like it's almost like such a chest-beating Paul Stanley song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, there's so much conviction in in, in his vocals and um, and actually musically it's actually quite a cleverly written song. There's some really cool chord changes in it, especially on the, the pre-chorus. Yeah. Um, so it's it's quite a clever song, you know, because it kicks off, it, it it changes a lot. It's not just like a standard um, kind of straight ahead. Rock song, you know, there's some really clever changes. Like, I'm pretty sure Bruce, um, Kulik, uh, co wrote this, I think. I'm pretty sure he was he had some involvement with it. Um, or, or, I'm not sure, it actually might have been Adam Mitchell. I can't remember who he was, but it is, it, it's definitely a co write But, um, I just love this song. I think this is just a real kick ass song off Crazy Nights, and, uh, yeah, this is, that's my number one, mate. So, as, as you know, you know, there's no list is going
0: to be complete without having KISS on there. for he's the Rippers, right? So. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. I know you're a big Crazy Nights guy. And, and, you know, I'm a huge KISS fan. And I got mixed feelings on Crazy Nights. But I, I think that's a good pick. So, what do you got? I'm number one. All right. Number this, one's gonna, number one. this is probably going to throw people off. They're going to be like, what the hell is this guy thinking? But, uh one of the first metal bands I got into man when I was a kid was Motley Crue, right? And Motley Crue even though they're, they've they've yeah. got a lot of big singles, they've got a lot of cool deep tracks. And I'm going to go to their most glam album ever, Theater of Pain. It's it's a divisive album, right? Not everybody loves Theater of Pain, but that was the first Crue album I ever bought and I love it. the track save our souls and once again people might be like what what where where, why is he picking the song i've always thought this song was cool it starts off with monster drumming by tommy the whole thing has got a cool beat it's kind of like a slow heavy you know it's it's a little bit like a yeah like a slower heavy type track and darker maybe even harkens back to maybe something they could have done on shout at the devil maybe it's left over from shout at the devil i don't really know uh mick has got a lot of the slide guitar on it and vince just sounds nasty on this one he sounds good and um yeah man i'm going with save our souls i've always liked that song for some reason don't know why caught my ear when i was a kid still love it so save our souls yeah that's it's funny that's actually my favorite motley album as well Mm -hmm. Uh, theater
1: of pain which is kind of weird because that's kind of again like you said i think that's if you ask most people what their favorite Motley or their least favorite Motley Crue album, it's usually Theater of Pain,
2: mm-hmm. but um, I think there's some great songs on that. My favorite song off that album is Louder Than Hell, which yeah. is uh,
0: such a great song, you know. And But to me, that's still, like to me, that's, without a doubt, their the, the best album. So uh, I, I prefer
1: that album all the time,
0: like Dr. Feelgood and everything yeah. else. So uh, there you go. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, this was fun. I was glad to, to hear some of the picks. It was nice when we matched up on a lot of them. And, and like I said, we're we're real close in age, and we're really close in the music that we like. So, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, it was,
1: mate. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, similar choices on there as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Good. Good catching up with you. I wish you lots of luck with everything you're doing this year with Midnight City, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking again. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show, man. Well, that was great talking with Rob. Make sure you follow Midnight City on social media to keep up with all the action this year. Rock on!